there were there were periods where I would get on the table and I would just cry. And yeah, it would just happened the whole time, um, and that would happen for weeks on end. There was I remember like a two, three, four month period where all the repressed anger came up, and every time I laid on the table and the practitioner made a contact, I had this image of getting up and picking up the table and throwing it against the wall. Oh wow. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Men. This one is very close to my heart because we're going to be talking about a healing modality that I have gotten for years and love. And we're going to talk about how that relates to the masculine and feminine. And I'm really excited about it. So um, this is going to be kind of a different episode. And I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say about it. So feel free to get in touch after. Um, My guest today is Dr. Matt, who is a network spinal analysis practitioner. Yes, I know that's a mouthful, but we're going to talk about what it means. He's a network practitioner and a coach and an author out of San Diego, and he has a new book coming out, which we will also discuss. So Dr. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Um, I've been wanting to do this kind of episode for a while because as you know, a lot of what this podcast is about is helping men transform, helping them have lots of success with women and kind of becoming the fullest, biggest, most powerful expressions of themselves that they can be in the world. And I feel like network has a lot of potential to help do that. So I'm excited to talk about it with you and get your perspective and hear more about what it's like being a practitioner because I receive network care, but I've never given network care. So I'm really interested in hearing about your experience. Awesome. This should be fun. Yeah. So um, why don't we start with just a a simple explanation of what, what network is? Because most people haven't heard of it, even though, you know, I wish everyone in the world had. (laughs) Most people haven't. Yeah. So network is uh, first and foremost a chiropractic technique, but if you took all the different chiropractic techniques and put them on a spectrum, it really lies most at the crossroads of healing and personal development. Yeah. Uh, It's most famous for uh, kind of being the go-to technique for Tony Robbins when he goes on stage. He has someone who travels with him and and works on him right before he goes on stage to get his mind and system and his energy right. Um, so it's a system of light contacts made on the spine, uh, the neck and the low back that help the body drop out of long-term chronic patterns of fight and flight and to access and really implement more energy so that people can step out of being who they've been historically and habitually Mm -hmm. really step into a new way of being that's more aligned with who their life is asking them to be. Nice. And yeah, I just want to highlight in there that um, when people hear the word chiropractic, you guys might be thinking of the kind of traditional wrenching chiropractic where there's, you know, pops in your spine and it's sort of, uh, it's very heavy on actual manipulation of the spine and network doesn't feel like that. It's not, um, it's not heavy touch. It's like what Dr. Matt just said. It's very, very light touch on the spine, a lot up at the upper neck and the sacrum. And Dr. Matt, do you want to just talk a little bit about the the spinal wave that it induces? Yeah, totally. So um, we're when we're doing network, we're looking for a couple different outcomes. We're looking for a wave of breath to move through the whole system, and that's an indication that the body's really starting to relax and come coming out of these chronic patterns uh, and starting to find a new level of ease. And one of the things that I find almost universally when someone first receives the care, when that first breath wave moves through the system, is they get up and they say, oh my God, I had no idea how stressed I was. Mm. Now coming to relaxation, I I can see like what a major contrast. Because let's face it, life isn't getting any slower 
and we're all trying to succeed. We're all trying to do more and, and have more in life. And that takes a toll. You know, we're moving faster than we ever have in history. Yeah. Um, so the body needs strategies for, for calming down. And then the second wave that moves to the body later in care is what's called a somatopsychic wave. So if you break that word apart, somato is body, psychic is mind. So it's an energy wave that helps to go deeper in the body and really kind of um, either access things that need to be healed. Sometimes people have emotional responses. Sometimes people have huge insight. Um, but there's often a, a big movement or rush of energy that moves to the system in an actual physical wave. There's movement in the body that occurs mm. when this moves through the muscular system. And it's unlike, we've, we've tested this in universities all over the world, it's unlike any other known wave that moves through the body and it actually reorganizes what's happening in the nervous system so people become more resourceful. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that part is really interesting to me, and it's part of the reason that I was so intrigued by this modality, by network, because it seems like what it's helping the body do is to essentially heal itself, that the body already has the wisdom it needs, and it's almost like unlocking that in the spine, and then the body kind of realigns itself so that it becomes more resourceful. Instead of, for example, you, if someone was trying to quit smoking, kind of doing it the, the way with willpower, which, which can be done, but it takes a lot of force and effort. I've, I've heard from a couple practitioners that there are people who start getting network who end up leaving bad habits behind naturally, that it, it isn't a source of effort. It's they're under network care. And then they naturally start to eat better, stop smoking, make better choices, you know, possibly attract better mates. We can talk about that, but that it's not an effortful place that the body has reorganized to a new level and that naturally kind of better choices are made. Would you say that's, you've seen that in your practice? Yeah, definitely. And the, the kind of the dominant paradigm in psychology right now is behavior based. So when there's something happening in life, all of psychology really seeks to create new behaviors and the issue with that is that when you're pushing through layers and layers and layers of stress and potentially trauma or other things that are going on in the body the body doesn't feel safe the emotions don't feel safe and when you don't feel safe the mind isn't doesn't want to take on a new behavior and make a new habit because it just wants to keep things the same yeah to keep things the way they they were because at least it knows it's surviving yeah so if we can move some of that chronic stress and that chronic tension out of the system then we have the ability to start to make choices again and and the the initial really big study that was done in network says exactly what what you're saying that uh if you take that undue stress off the body and off the mind then there's really space to start making those decisions again and people start eating better people stop smoking people stop you know doing all kinds of things that aren't supporting their health in a number of different ways yeah and i think part of what's interesting about network is that it is kind of a whole body um experience meaning it's not like something like psychotherapy talk therapy it's very mind-based. It's very just, you're just talking about things, not just talking about things, but the primary focus is on an intellectual conversation. And with network, it's, there's some discussion with your practitioner, but most of the work is in the body. And yet that body work has a profound impact on your actual life. It's almost like a hack, right? Like what you're saying is instead of us trying to do it through our own um, force of will, which, which kind of like you said, like the part of the problem with that is that if you, if we go back to the smoking example, if, if you're smoking, let's say marijuana, for example, there's a reason that you're smoking and it might be anxiety. So unless, unless the body mind addresses the anxiety, unless we address the anxiety, of course, you're going to keep smoking the marijuana. And when you try to quit, it's not going to work because your body is trying to soothe itself. It's trying to handle all of that stress and anxiety. Whereas if you get network care and that stress and anxiety is addressed, the underlying root cause, then you naturally might not need the marijuana or the whatever the addiction is. Yeah, yeah, and I agree, and I've seen that, that um, 
if you can give yourself the space to really look at what's going on when your body isn't in freakout mode, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity to make the shifts that you need to make. Um, and of course, there's you know lots of factors. Um, it's not always just a, a binary situation. Um, but yeah, you know what what I've seen is that on the other side of stress is really the opportunity to change. And that's, mm. that's huge distinction for most people. And it takes a lot of the shame out of like, why can't I do this? Why can't I, I know what I need to do. Why can't I just eat right? Why can't I just stop smoking? Whatever it is. Totally. Um, yeah. Because your, your body is saying no, like I'm just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning at this point that the original, the way I came across network, which I would love to hear f- the same for you, um, is I was working on the East Coast for a an organization to stop sexual abuse. And so I was researching different therapies and healing modalities for sexual abuse victims and survivors because what I was the feedback I was getting from them, many of them had talk therapists, but what they noticed was it would help, but then there was a plateau. And for a lot of them, I mean, almost all of them had PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the talk therapy wasn't necessarily addressing the nightmares, the pervasive anxiety in their body, the feeling of unsafety, um, stressful relationships. There were a lot of other things that it, it wasn't really helping with. And um, I was doing all this research and network came up as one of the modalities that can really help in a fast way. What caught my attention was it seems like a very efficient way of doing a lot of personal growth work without, you know, necessarily having to spend 10 years, you know, talking to a talk therapist, which the feedback I was getting was that that doesn't even always address the underlying issues. So I'm really curious to hear how you came across it. That was how I came across it and, and kind of how it touched your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, when I decided to go to chiropractic school, I realized, found out in the first you know week or so that there's like over a hundred different chiropractic techniques. Wow. And yeah. And, and so I said, you know, it's time to figure out what I want to be doing and, and what work I'm going to be doing in this field. And I had three primary criteria for chiropractic school that I wanted to help people, wanted to make a good living. And I was looking for what I was calling at the time a practical application for exploring metaphysics. Because mm. I've always had a big spiritual bent, you know, it's kind of been the defining crux of my life. So I was looking for a way to really explore that practically. And mm. what I realized is that when people are in pain and when people are sick, they're, they're working at odds with the natural order of how things should be working. And there's lessons there. So traditional chiropractors talking about low back pain, and neck pain, you don't hear a whole lot of that. <laughs> right. So I went to visit a whole bunch of offices, talk to a whole bunch of doctors and a whole bunch of patients. And I found a network office near the college that I was at. And, uh, I went and shadowed and the work just blew my mind and mm. watching people come up off the table saying, Oh my God, like I had this realization or they were crying and, and letting go old wounding or, um, you know, they were just having these full body energetic experiences that I had, you know, seen or read about in theory, but I, there wasn't ever like a modern system to create these types of outcomes. So that was remarkable. And then I started to work. And for me, as a man, I grew up in an emotionally repressive household. So um, my dad, awesome, did the best he could and no emotion. So I started to get network and that all started to move again. I had, because I was holding back so much energy, I had a nervous tick, like an actual um muscular contraction that would flare up when I was anxious, um, that completely stopped. There was a whole bunch of things that just started to get right in my life because I was receiving this care. Wow. And and can you say a little more about the going from emotionally repressed to something else? Yeah, it was, I mean, in receiving the care, it was a big deal. Um, there were periods of, and, and of course, there were the ups and downs of life and all of this, you know, um, being married and not being married, being in and out of other relationships, business, startup, 
mode, that whole thing. But there were, there were periods where I would get on the table and I would just cry. And yeah. It just happened the whole time. Um, and that would happen for weeks on end. There was, I remember like a two, three, four month period where all the repressed anger came up. And every time I laid on the table and the practitioner made a contact, I had this image of getting up and picking up the table and throwing it against the wall. Oh, wow. You know, that, <laughs> I know that sounds intense, but it, it was just the, the visual kind of manifestation of all this repressed anger, all this intensity that was in my system that didn't sound like it was socially okay to express. Yeah. I certainly didn't have a place for in any of my relationships. And there was power trying to move through my life and the anger was sitting there stopping it. So, you know, I've been through ecstatic joy, ecstatic bliss, deep connectedness, deep sorrow, um, intense power, um, you know, this whole range of different emotions over the, the eight years or so that I've been doing network. Um, and, and I guess what I want to emphasize is that can sound scary or that can sound big or that can even sound weird. And I get it. You're welcome to have any opinion about me and my experience that you want. But what I know to be true is when you have permission to experience any feeling in your body and in your life, then you are not a victim to that emotion anymore Mm. because you have the ability to experience that without repressing it. It doesn't mean you have to express it. And it definitely doesn't mean you have to express it onto another human being. Yeah. Um, But allow that energy to move through your system and you can gather the information, gather the data that wants to share with you. And then you can make a a conscious choice. Yeah. And I really, I, I feel like what you're saying is important because for example, a man that has a lot of repressed anger, like you're describing, that's going to come out somehow in his relationships, whether it's passive aggression or some other way until it gets processed, it's, it's going to be, be there in some fashion and it's probably going to get in the way, right? Like, did you find that your relationships became healthier specifically with women as you were going through care? Did that shift? Totally, totally. You know, the, the example that I had was not sharing a lot, definitely not being open and sensitive and well being sensitive yes but not being uh, um, really vocally demonstrative and vulnerable and that may have worked in the 50s but it doesn't work now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so yeah uh, modern women actually want you to communicate (laughs) yeah it seems that way it seems that way (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so so i had to get really um, willing to get uncomfortable with all of the intensity and the the sensitivity and all of the kind of emotional landscape that was going on inside of me so that I could bring more presence to the women that I was with. And that's what I found that they were most craving was yeah. how can a man be present with me without needing it to either be about him or be so freaked out by being present that he's got to distract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was one of that and meditation for sure. One of the big, you know, two of the big things that helped me really generate um, presence. Yeah. And we're going to talk about presence a lot <laughs> on this podcast, because like you said, it is basically the sexiest thing a man can be is present. <laughs> Very sexy. We're going to talk about it a lot. So everybody get used to presence. Um, and, Yeah, in terms of that sort of dance between the masculine and the feminine, can you just talk a little bit about how network can help somebody uh, get into, a man to get into his masculine or a woman to get into her feminine? Is that something you talk about in network? What is is the landscape around that? Yeah, absolutely. And, And, you know, I'll say this about network. It's... By far, and I've, I've got a master's in acupuncture, I've got two undergraduate degrees, I've looked at a lot of systems. Um, it's by far the most advanced healing and transformational system that I've found. doesn't mean that there's not a better one out there, I just haven't found it. Um, so there's the system itself, which is so powerful, and then there's the practitioner who practices it. So every office you're in, you're going to get a little bit of a different flavor on it, Um but yeah, that, that fundamental idea of masculine and feminine in network is really about learning how the masculine energy feels and moves in your body for a man 
and how the feminine energy moves and feels in your body for a woman. And then, of course, with full inclusion of, uh, you know, we all have masculine and feminine inside of us. Some people uh, have a masculine body and identify with a feminine energy, you know, gay, lesbian, trans, bi, you know, transgender, you know, bisexual. All of these things are all okay uh, and, and welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and there tends to be, whether you have a masculine or feminine physical form, a dominant of a masculine or feminine energy that you tend to play in most. Yeah. Uh, so the way that, that I tend to see this um, play out in, in the, the most important way is by increasing the amount of energy someone's experiencing in their body. And these two waves that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. are part of how that happens. But when you have more energy, you're able to overcome some of the kind of habit of being who you've always been. And we have a very kind of strict um, set of rules and roles of, of what society says is okay to be as a man or a woman. And then what we've also told ourselves and what we've adopted. Mm-hmm. If you can have an experience that's outside of that, uh, what Donnie Epstein, the developer of Network, always says is if you can give yourself a non-ordinary experience, then why would you ever go back to the ordinary? Uh-huh. And that's really kind of the hallmark of, of all growth, right? If if you're stuck in ordinary, if you're stuck in what you know, you can't be who you need to be for the next version of you. Yeah. Um, so in this, the the kind of masculine feminine question, how do we fill the body with more energy? How do we create permission? How do we invite that essence out of you? How do you learn how to move the body in a way that is masculine or feminine so that you really have the neurological, emotional, mental, spiritual anchors for that in your system? And you can be doing that more regularly even when you're not receiving uh, in the moment of receiving the care. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering in in terms of how the, what this actually looks like in real people, um, in network, we we tend to use the term practice member instead of patient. That's right. right, because we're not necessarily just passive recipients, but the network practitioner is a facilitator helping us with our own growth. So in your practice with your practice members, what kinds of transformation have you seen in terms of what we're talking about? If, let's say, a man who maybe didn't have as much access to his power or his masculine essence, what does it look like with him being under care to, to what happens after? Yeah, great, great question. So um, my, like I was saying before, every practitioner has a little bit of a different flavor. My office tends to be lots of entrepreneurs. So that's what I I tend to see most of. And one one of the things, depending on kind of where a man is in his journey of uh, getting in touch with and owning his own masculinity, um, one of the things that I've seen a bunch is as entrepreneurs, there's so much intensity there's so much frustration there's so much wanting to break through and not knowing how to do it that the the intensity kind of builds up the system so um what i find is helping guys have a place where they can express that and move their body in an intense way or they can um, use sound or they can just let that energy actually move has been so useful and so valuable i also have practice members who um you know, have invited me to, to take care of them at big events when they're going to be, you know, pitching their products or their services. Uh, I've absolutely had people tell me a number of times that it's, uh, it's led to them being more calm, more focused and more directed so that when they do pitches in their business, they, um, tend to close more sales, they make more money. You know, all of these things that we're, we're wanting in life, um, are really on the other side of us being our best self. Yeah. And that's what network helps you do. And certainly take the edge off so you can be more centered, more connected, more present with the the feminine energy inside of you and in other areas of your life and in other people too. Yeah. So it sounds like um, part of what it's doing is helping to kind of integrate or circulate all of that intensity. So, and when you're talking about entrepreneurs who have uh, a lot of intensity going on that might be like they have a launch coming up or they just know that they could be doing more with their business and they just can't figure out how to get there or something. Is that the kind of intensity you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or they're in the midst of, you know, legal battle or a takeover or, 
or, you know, that kind of stuff is going on, mm. um, you know, whatever may come up in that kind of entrepreneurial realm is, is stressful. And the, in classic and, and more repressive types of masculinity, the tendency is to flare up with anger. Mm. And we have that much emotion in the system. What tends to happen is all the, the kind of resources go to that emotional response and there's not as much conscious response coming from the frontal and prefrontal cortex. So, you know, the kind of actual logical, rational, connected response that might be more useful. So if we can knock some of that stress down, if we can reallocate some of the energy to the non-emotional response, then the potential outcomes for what they're doing, you know, can be hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on who they are and the size of their business. And right. seen all yeah, out of curiosity, have you have you seen that the that your practice members who are under regular care make more money? I have seen it. I've seen um, both actually, depending on where they are in their journey. Um, when there's already alignment with who they are and who they know they need to be and where they're going, it's it's common that they do start making more money. Uh, I've also seen that people come in and they're out of alignment and as they start to realize like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so far off from where I need to be. Their business actually, uh, takes a dip mm-hmm. because they need to recalibrate and they need to refigure out what's going on and head in a new direction. Yeah. Happens, a, they're much happier. B, the world's getting, you know, more of the, of the goodness that's, that's aligned with the truth of their soul. And, um, yeah, then they start to make more money. So it's almost like it, it's helping them become, the, the most authentic version of themselves, which is reflected in their business. Totally. Yeah. I always say that, um, business has an inner stream and an outer stream and the outer stream is all the policy, the strategy, the marketing, all that stuff that, that the world sees. And the inner stream is the energy that the entrepreneur is filling it with. And if the, if the energy isn't right, then all the stuff that's going out looks like a mess. So I'm of the, uh, of the opinion that we really need to get the, the internal part of who we are nailed and dialed. Um, and then the, all the, the rest of what's wrapped around that will work even better. Yeah, that's pretty cool because it kind of it dovetails with exactly what I do in my work with men, which is that when they are the most authentic, powerful version of themselves, then the 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 interactions that they have with women just naturally line up. They don't, there doesn't have to be a lot of work or a lot of, you know, I don't know, lines or anything like that's effortful. It's more like I am who I am and I'm interested in her. I'm going to go after it because I'm interested and it just flows. And there's a lot of ease, like what you were saying of when the stress is taken out of the system, there's a lot of ease that shows up and, and yeah, the flow of life happens. It doesn't have to be kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll add that it's still scary to, you know, uh, put yourself out there. Um, so yeah. the, it does eliminate, um, that fear of, uh, depending on, on what type of guy you are, like, Oh my God, I'm gonna go talk to this woman. Cause I can still be there. But the way that you do that would come across very differently, um, for people who don't have as much of that anxiety kind of locked in the body. Right. Right. Because if you're a man approaching a woman and you're in a more relaxed state, you're going to, Im- it, it's not like emit it exactly, but because of mirror neurons, I, as a woman, I'm going to feel more relaxed. Whereas if you're really tense and way up in your head and you can barely breathe, I'm going to start to get tense and in my head (laughs) and not breathe. And I'm probably going to be less likely to want to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and in terms of just using masculine and feminine dynamics in network, I know my practitioner will sometimes talk about bringing core masculine or bringing core feminine to the work. Do you find, do you, do you do that at all? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a, a few kind of interesting things that I do. Um, in some of the retreats, we work with archetypes that are, have a tendency to fall into that binary masculine or feminine. Um, an example of, of one from the last retreat is a woman that I worked with and the, the archetype that, 
um, we were working on for her was the Enchantress. Mm. Um, and so in, in terms of owning that energy in her body, one of the things that I asked that she do is actually get up off the table and walk like she wanted attention from a man mm. so that she could feel that energy in a safe place in a safe environment, feel it in her body. Um, and then, and then get back on the table and with that energy, work on her some more so we could kind of neurologically lock in some of the, the strategies that she had just done by getting up and, and moving in that way. So yeah, absolutely. You know, for, for men, I oftentimes uh, evoke the masculine by challenging them. Uh-huh. Either if they're very mental, I will challenge their mind um, and get them a little bit pissed off at me. So they like, they snap to attention. Uh-huh. Which is off. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun and it can be intense um, because they don't have people who challenge them. And for the, for the feminine energy, what I find myself doing a lot is waiting and drawing out and inviting and creating space and, and, and just kind of, you know, uh, allowing the conversation or the connection or whatever it is to have as much time and space, spaciousness and connection as she feels like she needs in order to get filled up um, and, and, and feel safe and energized. Yeah, that's interesting the way that you phrased it because it actually reminds me of um, sexuality and sex that women are always telling me that when when they feel safe and when they feel like they've had enough time to warm up and the man is holding space for them and not trying to push and go too fast, that they end up having more pleasure, more orgasms. It's just a better sexual experience overall. So that's really cool that that's kind of mirrored in the work um, that, I mean, that makes sense that it would be mirrored that way, but it's interesting to hear it sort of named. Um, and I'm curious, do you, do you work with any men that would be, that are sort of more in their feminine in their lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a couple of different ways that that happens. Um, I have a number of men who sexually identify as gay in the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's interesting because there's still a binary and I've found that in, and this isn't, <laughs> isn't a secret, but in many, um, whether gay or lesbian or whatever other type of, um, energetic relationships are going on, there's still the energy of a masculine and still the energy of a feminine typically. Yeah. Meaning one person is holding one of them most of the time and the other is holding the other most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, even when, um, that's happening, you know, I still may be challenging and inviting that intensity of the masculine or um, f- allowing that surrender and allowing that deep connection for either, you know, the, the man identified as masculine or the man identified as feminine. We all need all of it. Yeah. It's really a of, of what do you need in this moment in order to, you know, kind of be the most resource that you can be. Um, so yeah, I've seen that quite a bit for sure. Yeah. And then in terms of, um, of relationships, what, what kinds of transformation have you seen in practice members in terms of their romantic relationships? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there, there's all the physical stuff that changes, right? So if people have, you know, challenges with, with, you know, intercourse, there's, there's physical things going on in their body. There's energetic things going on in their body, seeing all manner of, of, you know, situations like that change where, you know, people's health just gets better. If they have pelvic issues, if they have erectile dysfunction, all I've seen that, you know, over and over. Um, and that can be magical in and of itself. Yeah, that would be huge. I mean, that's a massive, the, both of what you just mentioned are gigantic problems. Erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation are massive. I mean, every survey I do, that's one of the main problems that men identify. And then the pelvic floor issues. And I'm imagining maybe also vaginismus. Do you get women with that? Any kinds of pain during sex? Um, not quite as much in this practice. When I was in New York, I got more of it, but because I, my, my conversation in, in the kind of marketplace tends to be more towards entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, I don't get quite as much of that, but I definitely have seen it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, oftentimes it's associated with historical trauma and a disconnection between the mind and the body and the body just trying to hang on to 
and shut down the process of sex because the body doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Uh, and it can be for other reasons, you know, after childbirth, for sure. There's all kinds of things that we just need help with, you know, as we go through the process of being a human being. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And the physical pain and, and what historically they would call dysfunction or, you know, altered function is definitely one of those things. Yeah. And, and so back to the, the transformation, you mentioned the physical, um, transformation, which is actually huge because something like resolving, um, erectile dysfunction would obviously impact the relationship or even just that man's relationship to his own sexuality, because it's, it's a big, um, it can be a big block in relationships or getting into a relationship. Um, so you've seen that and, and then what other kinds of transformation? Well, I, my guess is that, um, most of your male listeners will identify with this statement. Um, there's oftentimes after a fight where a guy will say, Oh my God, I'm being an idiot. (laughs) What if you had a way to fast track right to that experience rather than taking days, weeks or months to do it? Mm. And that's, Usually, you know, I've seen that happen so many times because when we need to defend our position because we feel hurt, we're, our body's freaking out. We are absolutely in a fight or flight response. Yeah. If you can pull yourself out of that fight or flight response, if you can feel less in danger, if you can feel more connected to what's actually going on inside of you and recognize that all of this fighting that's happening between you and your partner is just because you want to connect and you can't figure out how to connect in the way that you really want to, you know, that's a shortcut to, to really, um, kind of breaking through a lot of relationship stuff that ends up turning into, you know, breaking up or divorce or whatever else. Yeah. You know, so much of that is just because we're freaking out inside. Yeah. And we pissed off and that pissed off is just because we're not getting our needs. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you've seen, practice members kind of transform in terms of how they relate with their partners and that maybe like conflict gets easier or quicker. I liked what you said about kind of speeding up the process. So it's not necessarily that the whole thing is different, but like the gap between we had this conflict and let's talk about it or resolve it kind of gets shorter. Have you, have you noticed that in your own relationships as well? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I have this kind of phrase that, um, floats through my mind. So, you know, that, um, we call when someone gets worked on, we call it an entrainment versus mm-hmm. an adjustment. So an entrainment just means that all parts of a system are working really well together. So for me, it's like, I'm sorry for the things that I said before I got entrained. <laughs> you know, that we, <laughs> You're you're kind of working through a a gnarly situation and all of a sudden all that stress drops away and you're like, oh, yeah, so I was being an idiot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And and I wish I had found the work earlier because, uh, you know, it would have made lots of things in life so much easier. Yeah, I can. I, I agree. I wish I had found it earlier. And I my dream is to have network be integrated into our school systems so that as people are growing into young adults, they're getting some relief from the stress of that and dealing with trauma before they have to deal with it for 20 years. And that, you know, because the toll that that chronic stress takes is well, eventually it's fatal a lot of the time. So, but getting it into younger people's lives is that's like one of my dreams. So I'm totally with you on that. (laughs) Um, okay. So, um, you're writing a book. I would love to hear about it and, um, anything else you want to add about your, your practice and how people can work with you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, Hopefully, as we speak, the book is rolling through the printer. Um, wow. Yeah, first copy in my hands within a week or two weeks. Um, the book is called Awakening the Mystics. And like I mentioned before, you know, kind of the, the primary drive for my excitement and my life experience is understanding the spiritual journey and understanding how people have spiritual wake up experiences. Mm. So this book is a a rally cry to the dormant mystic archetype in what I think is the time that we need it most. So what I would love to see is these people who are really having important and 
deeply meaningful spiritual experiences, which is lots and lots of people yeah. that they have the capability to kind of come out and start to be leaders leading from that place of deep spiritual connectedness, not in an airy fairy way, not telling everyone to move to the ashram, but really having spiritual spirituality on board and bringing that into regular human life so they can make a difference. Yeah, I like that. It's a ground, more of a grounded sense of the and. We talk a lot in my in my work with men. I talk a lot about um, the heart and the cock, integrating the heart and the cock, so that both of those energies are online instead of I'm mostly in my heart or I'm mostly in my cock, which doesn't work as well. And it sounds like a similar thing of getting spirituality, the physical body, like real world, all aligned. So it's not just yeah. I sit on a mountaintop and meditate or I'm an entrepreneur, but it's, I'm an entrepreneur who's connected to my spirituality. And I express this in the world in the biggest, most powerful, most magnetic way I can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We need, um, really tactical answers. And I also deeply believe that we as a world need as many people at the leading edge of their soul expression as possible mm. in order to have access to the type of answers that you can't get from just the linear and logical mind. Yeah. Because we're going to need really big answers to things like climate change. It's not going to yeah. be what we've always done, right? It's going to be something new. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And is that book going to be available on Amazon and all the places books are sold? Um, very likely on Amazon, um, but most inexpensively on my website. Oh. Um, my, my hope is that, uh, and you, you never really know when you write a book, you know, the, the analogy I've been using is every parent thinks their baby is the most beautiful baby on the planet. And I've seen some babies that are not, really <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I've got this book that I'm really excited about, but I don't really, you know, you don't really know until it goes to the first thousand readers. Right. So my is that it goes out there and makes a big difference. And I want it to get in the hands of people as inexpensively as possible. So when people buy it through my website, it's going to be much less expensive than buying it on Amazon. Okay. And what's your website? We'll also drop it in the show notes, but what is your website? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, drmattk.com. D-R-M-A-T-T-K.com. com. And in terms of network, um, you practice in the San Diego area. I receive care in Los Angeles, but there are network practitioners all over. Is it all over the world now? I know it's all over the U S and Canada, right? Uh, all over the U S and Canada, all through Europe, little bits in Asia, a whole bunch in Australia. Um, so yeah, all over the place. That's really good to know actually, because many of my listeners are from Australia. So, um, yeah, wiseworldseminars.com is where people can find network practitioners. Is that right? Yep. That, and it's also really easy to just Google search network spinal analysis and the name of your city, um, and, and see if there's any practitioners that are right nearby. Um, I would, if it doesn't specifically say network on the website, I would call the office just to make sure. Um, because oftentimes through the trickery of the internet and keyword searches, you know, some doctors, um, put that on their website, but they don't actually do it. Oh, so to get you to their website. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I also just want to throw it out there that there are also network, uh, network, what are called network gates, which are basically yeah. conferences where you can get several entrainments over the course of a weekend. I loved the last gate that I went to really recommend it. So even if there isn't a practitioner in your area, you can also sometimes attend a gate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I recommend it highly and also just want to dovetail, you know, a, a shout out again to Donnie Epstein, the man who created this work mm-hmm. is literally one of the probably top three most brilliant people I've ever met in my life, mm. um, both in a mental and a spiritual sense. Um, so deeply caring for making a difference in the world and is one of the world's most renowned healers. Like we were talking about Tony Robbins, he's worked on former U.S. vice presidents, all kinds of people from Hollywood, hedge fund billionaires. You know, when when someone needs a go-to badass for uh, kind of creating change quick and having it happen in your body and your energy system, Donnie's one of the go-tos. Yeah, and I just really want to highlight that because I think – this is almost like a behind the scenes um, 
modality that if you actually look at exactly what you said of a lot of the powerhouse players in the world get network. And yet most people don't know about it. So that's one of the reasons I really wanted to highlight it is that this is, this is very cutting edge and a lot of, you know, movers and shakers already know about it. So let's bring it to everyone else too, (laughs) so that we can all be the fullest expressions of ourselves because, you know, in addition to helping the planet, that's also, that's also where you have the most fun. And it's the most, you know, like I just to briefly share my network story, I feel like I feel better than I ever have in my entire life. And I can definitely credit a lot of that to network. Um, I feel like I can sort of point to my life before I found it and my life after. And similar to you, Dr. Matt, I feel like the first months of network to a year was a lot of kind of uh, purging, like emotional purging or working through old stuff and and just kind of releasing a lot of baggage essentially and then I could see that I began to thrive more as that was happening like as that stress was going down in my system I just became more present and more um basically more awake like more awake and able to be be who I was and be more expressed which brought me all kinds of gifts like I started yeah I did start to make more money and my relationships transformed I moved cities there were there was a lot of like positive change over time it wasn't like in the first week but definitely I've noticed now in my in my care oh my god I leave the office and I'm floating on air like I just sang in my car the whole like ride home today I got in train today in case you can't tell um and yeah it's just like it's just like now I get to experience all of this joy and excitement whereas before it was sort of releasing all that old stuff like I feel like now that I've done that and it's not like bad stuff doesn't still happen to me it does but I feel better like like my baseline is higher if it makes sense and I also feel kind of like more resilient so um I think there's something to that of the the arc that that you might experience if you do get under network care is that there might be a purging or like a release as as you're going through it and then there's a bunch of space and gifts and it kind of just sort of keeps trending up. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I I totally agree and you know for for anyone who's listening who's saying I don't want to go through all that stuff the truth is you're going through it every day, just a little bit by little bit. And are you going to condemn yourself to going through it for the next 30, 40, however many years you're around? Or do you want to do the, the thing that's actually going to liberate you from it and, and give you more joy, more connection, more connection, more passion, more excitement, not just for you, but for the people around you and the people that you impact. So yeah, I, I, I think your experience is, is typical. Um, and on the other side is beautiful things. Yeah, that's a really good, I, I like that you clarified that because I think, again, coming back to my original research on network, the reason that I started recommending it to people was because it is efficient. It's one yeah. of the quickest ways to do the work. It doesn't take as long as other ways. <laughs> and I really wanted my people to feel better faster, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, to, right, to be able to release all that tension in a safe and efficient way. Cool. So, um, as we wrap up, I'm just wondering, is there anything else that you would give one of my listeners as a takeaway or a practice to do to, um, to start today besides finding a network practitioner? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, in addition to that, um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of times we don't really take a look at what holding more masculine energy in our body feels like or what it feels like to hold more feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So I think a fun practice for some people when you're in the car, when you're driving, when you're, when you're by yourself, when you're home alone and, and there's no social consequence, just notice what it feels like if you are identifying as a masculine energy to, to hold some of that in your body and, and maybe stick your you know, lift your chest up, hold your, your head high, uh, and, and kind of have some of that, that gravity in the body. And if you're a woman, how do you feel a little bit more soft and sensual and connected and, and grounded and, and, you know, a little bit more, 
kind of just sensory and yeah. you start to see what might be different from that space it's a fun little practice and it's you know even that wake up alone is, can be a big deal yeah i definitely notice in my body when i hold the masculine uh, pole the masculine polarity i'm standing up straight i can feel my feet rooted like an oak tree and like you said i have my chest up and my head up and i'm very still but i can feel the power i feel i feel like a sense of rootedness and when i'm holding the feminine polarity there's a lot more movement like i'm moving my arms i'm moving my hips definitely my hips like a lot of how it shows up is sort of like almost like belly dancing a little bit where I'm sort of swaying and moving and it doesn't feel as rooted and uh, directional, but it still feels grounded because I can feel my whole body and it's very like playful. Um, And I've definitely gotten out of entrainments and just like danced all the way down the street. Like (laughs) I'm sort of like one of those people who gives fewer fucks in a social context. So there's a, a Whole Foods right by my practitioner and I'm like just dancing down the street to Whole Foods and I'm like waving my little arms and I I just I don't give a fuck. I'm like this is great. I feel great. <laughs> I'm like on top of the world. So, um I like that as a practice to just kind of start to feel the difference. What is the difference in my body when I hold this energy versus the other energy? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Any last thing to add before we wrap? Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope people receive some value from this. And if there was any questions, you know, I'm, I'm happy to answer, um, whether through the website or social media or reaching out to Melanie. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I'll drop your website in the show notes and I'm sure there's a contact page and all that good stuff. Okay, great. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.